All right, Into the Triangle podcast. Couch Guy Sports, of course, at Into the Triangle on Twitter, on iTunes, right? Review, subscribe. Uh, this is the second podcast for me tonight. Just finished recording a new Couch Guy Sports podcast. Go check that out as well. Uh, Al, on the other side, of course, with Liam producing, making us sound beautiful as always. Al is in South Carolina. I am. Liam's in South Carolina. First time in Into the Triangle history that two members of this podcast are in the same state at the same time. The Palmetto State. This is crazy. Only they're still three hours apart, so I don't assume there's going to be a dine and dash situation or a date going on anytime soon. Oh, oh you, don't, you don't know that. We could have some uh, underground plans that you have no idea what's going on. We could have some content coming out. Stay tuned. I say, if you want to surprise me with some South Carolina content, you're in Myrtle Beach, man. Have at it. Have some fun. Yeah, um, sure. Al should come, up, come to the upstate or if I go to Myrtle Beach. Content's probably better in Myrtle Beach, but classic. Uh, you get to go to Myrtle Beach. Very true. Come on down, Liam. Make some good content. You can hit the beach with me. You got any PTO left in your your bank there? Can you just hop a couple days and go down to Myrtle Beach and party with Big Al over there? I could barely (laughs) afford a boogie board to go down there, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll set we'll send a helicopter for you. How about that? Seriously, I'll buy you, sir. I'll buy you a new boogie board if that means you get some Al time. I know they have the triangle budget somewhere. There's got to be something coming out of the woodwork. Let me talk to Nick Quag, the CEO of this fine company. Let me see if he can pull some budget for Quags. Get it done, dude. Quags, figure out, send some money, Liam's way, will you? Yeah, Jesus, Quags. All right, man. Uh, well, at least Red Sox. I don't really want to talk about it, but we kind of have to. Um, Red Sox were at one point this week in second place uh, for the first time since they were one and one. So that was a, that was an accomplishment for them. Al, that was fun. Uh, they have a big stretch coming up here. We have a lot to get to, of course, you know, deadlines next week. Um, Yankees are still being the Yankees and the Red Sox are in on some people. They're actually in on a lot of people coming up with the deadline, but Al, the Red Sox right now are in a stretch where it's Rays, Yankees, Rays, Yankees. It's an excessive amount of games against the Rays and the Yankees. But they can't kind of need it. Uh, Took two, two out of three against the Rays here as of recording. Um, I'm disappointed by it, to be 100% honest. Like, I really wish they swept them. They kind of needed it. Uh, day game today wasn't really fantastic for them. David Price looked okay, except for one bad inning. Um, the one thing I want to talk about in this Rays series, Al, is second game of this wonderful, wonderful series. Um, Red Sox had a good lead. Good lead. And going into the ninth inning, and they brought Brandon Workman in to finish the game. Seemed like a good move at the time. Seemed like an okay move, right? You know, you're, you're fake closer because Nathan Valdi still can't figure it out, um, which we'll also talk about in a second. I blows my mind that people in any facet of this baseball world can say that the Red Sox don't need a closer if they had anything to do with that Red Sox Rays game the other night. Brandon Workman had three two and two counts. With two, all with two outs, could not close the game out. And then they, 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 they take Workman out, and it still becomes an issue because I think Workman right now is the best pitcher in your bullpen. The Red Sox were up 5-1 to one and only won 5-4. to four. All in, it was all in the ninth inning, right? Did they score all those runs in the ninth inning? I think they were up 5-2 to two going into the ninth. Okay, so they scored then, yeah. two runs. They had the bases loaded a couple times. The Red Sox bullpen isn't a bullpen you need a closer you need a closer you need a closer you need a closer out I can't even imagine watching that game as a Red Sox fan and still thinking you don't need a closer if you are one of those fans for some reason that doesn't think this team needs an actual closer 
um, because Nathan Evaldi will at some point be back in the rotation. The craziest part about that game, too, is that Workman didn't even finish the whole inning. They had to bring in Marcus Walden yep. to, try, to try to put out the fire. And like you said, Jared, repeatedly, but it seems like Dave Dombrowski is the only one that doesn't understand it. This Red Sox team needs that closer. You don't have Craig Kimbrell anymore. You let him walk. That was probably the dumbest thing you could have done in the offseason. But you know what? Now, Nathan Ivaldi, he's still in spring training mode. I don't care what anybody says. The Tampa Bay Rays are not the Kansas City Royals. They're not the Baltimore Orioles. Those would be, okay, they're exceptions. You're getting your feet wet again, et cetera. But the thing is, the Tampa Bay Rays are a pretty good team. And last time I checked, they're competing for a wild card spot. So if you can't figure it out now, then go out and get somebody. Go get a Kirby Yates or a Ken Giles at the deadline. Make a move that's going to actually put you in a position to contend for another postseason run in 2019. This bullpen right now, I would take your – and no knock to your players. I would take your 12U team for the, for the Legends Baseball Club. That's against that, this Red Sox bullpen. Jared, 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 that is a stretch and a half. No, it's not. This bullpen. No, 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 it's a stretch. If you see my team, and granted, they are a pretty good little team when they actually play well. But it's when they're not, it's it's pretty it's pretty tough. Al's down in South Carolina for a baseball term. We didn't we didn't preface him being in South Carolina. He's coaching a twelve U term. They're in the championship bracket, folks. That's better baseball to talk about than the Red Sox, right? Hey, we get. How about we talk about that in a second? We can talk Red Sox, then we can talk Legends Navy afterwards. How's that sound? We'll do Legends that. Legends Navy gonna go from twelve to twelve to one real quick. We'll talk about that later. Let's see, the, let's see with the Red Sox, though. Then we can talk about happy stuff at the end. Let's keep the people want a little more there. Um, <laughs> I'm curious what you think, and this is going to be a big picture kind of question for you, Al, because like we kind of hinted, we said at the beginning of the show, play the Rays. Now they have four against the Yankees at home, three against the Rays at home, and then four more against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium because they do have to make up a rain date from way back when in the season. Correct. What does this stretch mean for their deadline? And you can take, obviously, the second Yankee series out of it. It goes into post-deadline. But this homestand against these two really good teams, what do they need to do to convince you that they can buy? What do they need to do in these games to make us believe? I mean, I think they're going to buy either way. I don't think they're going to be sellers because they don't want to, and I can explain that in a second my view of it. But what do they need to do in your eyes to not sell? Like, what, they, what makes them a buyer legitimately in the next week? So correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's what a four game home series against the Yankees and then a three game home series against the Rays. Is that correct? Yes. That's okay. exactly what I just said. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm still waking up from my, uh, my late dinner uh, nap. So I'm still trying to recover. Al was uh, on the beach all day. Tough day for him. Yeah, it was. It was tough soaking up that sun, dude, especially right on the water. That was beautiful. Oof. But back to the Red Sox, they need to go five and two. That's my thing. A seven game. Seven-game stretch coming up with the Rays and the Yankees. You go five and two, and you take three or four from the Yankees, and then you take two out of three again from the Rays. That'll convince me that, okay, they can beat teams that are better than them in the division, and it also gives a glimmer of hope that they can contend with these other teams in the American League through August and September and play two good months of baseball rolling into October. You got to go five and two at least. I think they buy either way because, and this is something that's not really being talked about a lot, Dave Dombrowski has a contract that's coming up, and I don't think Dave Dombrowski wants to help build a team for this future because I think we all assume he's not going to be here long-term. Oh, no, he's gone. He's gone, so, 100%. And that's, again, that, that's something for another day, but I don't think that's being talked about enough coming up to this deadline. 
because Dave Dombrowski is only here for what? One more year? I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much it on his contract. So why would he build a team for the future when all he cares about is this year and next year? Now, again, Dombrowski, you need a closer for next year too, so you might want to go get one. But my point is, why would he, in what worlds would he trade off Mookie Betts or anybody to sell to bring prospects in when he's going to be here for next year, wants to win, and then he's going to duck out anyway? Look at the Tigers. That's what you're becoming. You're becoming the Detroit Tigers. Oh, that's, and truly. that's you know, scary. That's you know, a scary thought. Now, I don't think you're going to be as bad as they've been because you have a young core. Luckily, you won a World Series with a young core and not veterans that are aging because that's what Detroit was trying to do, and that obviously shot them in the foot. The Red Sox have a young core, but Dave Dombrowski isn't going to the future because he's doing it the way he ran the Tigers. Let's let's win now. Let's throw money at this thing, and then I'm going to leave, and you guys can figure it out later. That's what's happening. The Red Sox are going to buy. I personally think they're going to split these series. They're going to they're going to they're going to split it down the middle. They're going to stay what they've been this whole time. A mediocre team, a meh team that just might make a wild card push because I think they're better than you know A's, Cleveland. Uh, the Rays, like I think they're better teams than those teams. So they should, by default, I think, still make the playoffs because I do actually believe he'll get some sort of bullpen help um, at the deadline. I look at last year's deadline as a really good example of how Dombrowski does did does pretty well at this time of year. Um, last year, he brought in a lot of decent players, Evaldi, one of them, right, to help this team make a push, and they all helped. They all made an impact um, when he traded at the deadline. So. I think a deadline is a good time of the year for Dombrowski. I think you're going to get some form of pitching help, whether it's I know I'm hearing Marcus Stroman you're in on, you're here on Baumgartner is a possibility. That's not going to happen, but they're not. Yeah, they're not getting Baumgartner. But like no Stroman's a realistic possibility if they want another starter. Um, you know, you have other guys out there that are being linked to. Uh, the big one is Kirby Yates uh, from San Diego, who's probably the top prospect in terms of a closer out there right now. The top. Uh, not really prospect is older, but like in terms of like value right now, um, probably the top closer on the market at the deadline. So, and so I, I look at this and they're linked to a lot of people. Al, they got to do something. I, I don't, I don't believe that they're going to sit here and do nothing because Dombrowski's history, AKA last year shows that if he believes the teams can do well, he'll make the, he'll push the buttons. And there's, they're linked to so many guys. One of these shoes has to drop. Yeah. I mean, you're right on Jared with all these names that they're linked to, they have to get one. And especially from a closer perspective, you have to be able, have to, have to, have to be able to go get somebody. Because if you can't get, get somebody, then you're going to be stuck being this meh team that might not even make the wild card. They should make the wild card, but they might not. If they don't make the wild card, what comes after? And that's, that's a topic for another show, but like, do they really sell? Do they, you know, let Mookie go? Do they, you know, let JD opt out. Like, do they do all that stuff if they miss one year? I don't think so. I think that's a very much an extreme reaction to something that's happening this year. But this year, you know, beginning of this season now and on this show, we've talked a lot. Are they back? Are they back? That was a big theme for like two months. Yep. Um, I don't think it was ever now the right wording to question, are they back? It's just, is this what it is? And this is it. This is what this team is. This is the identity for some reason, all the talent that took last year to win the record amount of games and win a World Series, it's just not panning out this year. And this is what this team is because, and, and this is something that we talked about all offseason too, it's a, you can't win with a bad bullpen, except for like last year's a massive asterisk to that statement. 
Yep. The bullpen never was fixed last year. They just put a Band-Aid on it to win the World Series. It doesn't mean it's going to last you the rest of the year. It doesn't mean it's going to find success. You just were able to put a Band-Aid on it long enough for the dam not to break until now. With now the dam's breaking. You can't win any game. Game start, you can be up 5-1, 5-2, and not think you're going to win a game. Last year, I was confident. Any game you were up 5-1, 5-2, you're winning. Nine times out of ten, you're winning because of Craig Kimber. Yep. And now it's in, it goes to the seventh innings. David Price and Rodriguez, name the pitcher, goes deep and gets you a, a three, four run lead. I'm not convinced you're winning any of these games right now. And you have to think too, with that World Series run last year, people forget how good that offense was during the whole run. I mean, you go into Yankee Stadium, you're scoring 19 runs. You go into Houston and Jackie Bradley Jr. suddenly finds a swing. It's like, Everything fell right last year, and now, like you said, the Band-Aid's ripped off, and the bleeding is still continuing, but they can't seem to put that Band-Aid back on. So the question remains, are you just going to let the bleeding continue until it's finally out, or are you going to be able to actually you know, bandage this thing on once and for all? And I don't see that happening right now, Jared. I just don't see it. One guy that potentially could help that is Kirby Yates, um, is a guy that Red Sox seem to be in on wholeheartedly um Kirby H this year is age 32 uh next year is third year of arbitration so potentially you could have him for one more year um this is a question actually I was just poised by good friend Nikolia on Couch Guy Sports Podcast and I kind of wanted to turn around on you because it's, it's a legit question I, I want Kirby H I'm in on Kirby H I think you know if you're gonna buy you need this guy you need a closer he's like a 109 ERA something like that if you're the Red Sox Al if you're Dave Dombrowski, Trader Dave, boo, 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 boo. Do you mortgage more of the farm system, which is admittingly getting better, for a guy who is 32, who hasn't been great over his career, but has gotten better, obviously, and, and now is very well pitching very well this year? Do you mortgage that for a team like this? Do you risk that for a team like this? So here's my thing. I have always been a big believer that when you go from the National League to the American League, for some reason, the production just isn't the same. Now, could it be that the National League is just a little bit weaker than the American League? Maybe, because just look at the All-Star Games. The All-Star Games last, you know, at least five years, the American League has dominated the National League. Now, as far as Kirby Yates goes, a 1.05 ERA so far in 41 games this year. Last year, 65 games. Is a 2.14 ERA. Do you take a chance on a guy like that, that that obviously isn't allowing a lot of runs in that sort of role, was an all-star this year? Yeah, go get him. Make the move. Give yourself a chance to go back to the World Series. Now, could it end up being like an Addison Reed type of acquisition? Sure, but you got to take a chance. Take that chance. Make it happen. And then maybe all of a sudden back when, when October's over, you're back to popping gold bottles again. Who knows? Anything can happen in the playoffs. Take the chance. I'm 100%. I think this team's too good to not take the chance, and I, and I, and I think you'll be in regardless. I think you're going to be in. I think you're going to be there, uh, and I think no matter what happens, you're going to be all the way through the wild card chase. You're going to have a chance, and if you get into that wild card game, you need to be equipped to make a push. And at that point, you're winning. If you win a wild card game, you're probably playing the Yankees. So you need to be equipped to go after that. Another guy that. Um, is equipped to potentially be a, a Red Sox target is Ken Giles of the 
terrible. 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 Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he's also got potentially one year left with the third year of arbitration next year. He is 28 years old. Uh, I think he's 13 to 15 of save opportunities. He's, he's also pitching well, a little younger, maybe a little less risk around him than Kirby Yates as he also is pitching in the AL East. Um, Ken Giles is someone that I would like too. I think one of these two guys is going to be part of the solution. Now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if potentially you could swing Giles and Stroman if they're really in on both. Um, that would be it. Like that would be the move. I think that would help this team moving forward. If you can somehow swing Ken Giles and Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays, that is going to be like the, the ultimate band-aid fix with some like hydro peroxide, like fix the wound, like heal it perfectly. Like I think that is the move for me uh, that I would want this team to make more than any other. Like I don't want Madison Baumgartner. They're not going to get it. I don't want these. No, I don't. I would let Kirby. Don't get me wrong, but I think if you're going to kill two birds with one stone and really want to add some pitching, Ken Giles and Marcus Stroman for God knows what, I think is the probably best move out there this Red Sox team has to make. Um, and I just am intrigued to see if they if they could even pull it off. But I think that might be the move that would kind of take them over the top in terms of fixing the immediate needs. Do I take Giles just by himself? Absolutely not. Because if you take really? a, I see, I would. Ab, see, I wouldn't. Because the thing is, the last, like last year, his ERA was in the the high fours and almost hitting the fives. 2016 with Houston, another four ERA. Yeah, he had some good years in between, like before that, and sandwiched in between. But unless you get Stroman in that deal to strengthen your starting pitching even more, I don't want Ken Giles just by himself. I just yeah. for for some reason. I don't think he's going to fit in, and he if he if he does come here, he's just going to be like all these other relievers. I don't think he's the Ken Giles of old. Put it that way. He and said, if you get Strowman in that deal, like you said, kill two birds with one stone, then yes, I'm in on the deal. Ken Giles has only had two bad years ERA wise in his career. 16 with Houston, 411 last year, 465. Um, other than that, he's been good. He's been good. No, he had his years in Philly that he was very good too. I see that. Low one uh, sub two ERA in Philly. Uh, had a, had a two point three year in Houston, and then this year he's sub two with a one point five nine. Dude's only twenty eight years old. Um, played had pit, plenty of innings pitched over the years. Um, this this dude, I would give this guy a shot um, by himself because worst case he's a rental, but best case scenario. Um, you get him for a couple years, and then and you see what you have. Especially if he's that age, you could use him if he can figure it out to be your piece moving forward. Um, I, I would rather him in terms of long term plans than Kirby. I think Kirby Yates is the short term, typical Dave Dombrowski move. I want a closer. I need it now. He needs to be good now. Kirby Yates is the guy, and that's the guy that I'd want if they're not going to go get a starter. But if you really want a starter and you think Strowman's a possibility, you take you take Giles, you take Strowman. You make that work. Giles is pitching well this year, so you take advantage of that, and you get Stroman in that rotation because then the rotation, Al, becomes Sale, Price, Stroman, Eduardo Rodriguez, potentially Nathan Evaldi down the road. Um, that becomes a legit rotation if you can just get into the playoffs. Um, that can help you potentially win another World Series. At this point, I would want to trade for Jared Scally and Nick Qualia if that means that they're gonna actually going to produce. Give me somebody that's going to produce. I'll produce. I'll get on that mound, baby. 
Lefty specialist. That's why I said you. Lefty specialist. Lefty exactly. specialist. Throwing the knuckle hook. Bring me in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> hey, if you can get three outs before the other team scores a run or five, then go for it. That's a challenge. Not that I'm willing to accept because that's still major league town on the other side there. Uh, so definitely not going to be a thing. But I think Strowman's a very realistic possibility, especially if the Blue Jays keep losing in the next week. Because, I, because I, I, Al, let me answer this for me. Why in the world would the Blue Jays want to keep Strowman at this point? As far as Strowman goes, Jared, I mean, I don't know why this Blue Jays team wants to get rid of him. I mean, I do, but they probably somehow believe that Strowman's going to buy into this thing that, oh, my God, we're going to be the team of the future in the American League East with all these prospects and everything. But the thing is, Strowman wants to win now. So he wants to go to a contender. So you know what? Get rid of him. Get rid of his contract off the books and start completely from scratch again. Be the be that team of the future without him. I'm sure you can get another pitching prospect that's just as good as him, if not maybe even potentially better. So get rid of him. I hear the Blue Jays, and I think at this point you have to get rid of him. Like it just it blows my mind that he's even still on that team, seeing how bad they've been. And like I understand they want him to be the the young guy of this team moving forward. Because I mean, realistically, um, he's in a good spot. I mean, this year he's only been in the league a few years now. He's on his. He's on his sixth year. This was his first year as an all-star. Uh, ERA is 306. Um, a lot of innings pitched. He, so he's fine. Win-loss record, 6-10. and 10, But I don't care about that because he's on the Blue Jays. So I think Stroman's a good ad. And then he's someone that you can even keep long-term. He becomes someone that you keep um, in place of Porcello, in place of Erod if you don't want. Like, you know what I mean? Like Stroman becomes a part of your rotation for the next three years um, with all these other guys surrounding him. So I, th- I think Stroman is a logical choice. And then you can get a closer in with that. If you, if you can talk about swing Giles, I'm just not confident that they can necessarily swing that kind of deal. They're going to have to haul it, the prospects again. Um, I, I think it's worth it. I, I do because it gives you a chance this year, uh, Al, but on top of that, it gives you a chance two, three years from now because of the fact that you're, you're beefing up the starting rotation with someone under 30 years old. And don't forget, I talked about this. I think it was either last week or the week before on the show. You get Stroman in there. He's a guy that his personality, just his willingness to compete, is going to be loved by the fans of Boston. Are you kidding me? He'll be loved in this city the first time he goes out there, tosses six strong innings, and then he lets out a roar to the Fenway crowd. They'll love that. They'll soak it in. Red yeah. Sox fans will love that. They loved Kevin Garnett switching sports. Kevin Garnett was someone that Boston loved, adored with all those antics. Stroman's the same way. So yep. if you loved Kevin Garnett, you would love Strom, just to, as a cross sport in this town reference. Can uh, confirm, big KG guy when he was yeah, here. Can confirm, Al's a big KG guy. Big loved, KG. loved KG. Loved KG. Loved Minnesota KG, young and raw. Um, one other topic for tonight, because this, this guy keeps coming up, but, but Christopher Allen. Christopher Allen, sale. The guy at the, uh, the top of the ad, uh, that, that rotation. Christopher Allen. Looks better. His looks better. Last couple starts out. Um, he's your binky. I want to let you talk about him because because Al Christopher Allen looked better. He did. He, you know what's funny is he won a start at Fenway for the first time in over a year against the Blue Jays the other day. Yep. And I was so happy to see it. Like I was actually able to sit down and watch the game, and just to see him executing his slider. His fastball was overpowering. His changeup looked really good. 
that was the sale that I was used to seeing. And then against the Rays in Tampa, he holds him to two runs in six innings. So, and I think it was reported that a bunch of the Red Sox players like went to watch his bullpen at Fenway. And I think it was Rodriguez that said, watch sales going to be back to sale. So maybe something got figured out. Maybe mechanically there was just something a little off and somebody noticed it could have been Dustin Pedroia again. I mean, he is the, you know, under the radar pitching coach for this team. So maybe he figured it out. His ERA was under four for the first time in God knows how long the other day it's back to four, even Um, Small, small victory, small victories, I guess for Chris Dale. Um, I look at these games that he's pitched and the last couple have looked better. They, they, they have looked better. They, he, he's figured it out. Um, pitch count was high, uh, 116 pitches against the Rays, but you needed him to do that. Um, that's the game that you won five to four. Um, and then you went, you win five and oh, you win five, nothing, 101 pitches, um, with six innings pitched in both of those contests, those are the two best starts I've seen him throw in God knows how long, because even against the, the white Sox when he pitched and they lost that game, um, end of June, right. That was 102 pitches only went six innings. Like those last two starts are more of what we expect. Now that's not vintage Chris sale. It wasn't, but his stuff looked a lot better Al. I'm, right. sure, you got, I'm sure you got a little tingly below the belt watching him pitch the other day. Uh, because his stuff looked like Chris Sale's stuff, and he looked more like something was figured out. And I agree with you there. I think it's, something was figured out that they're not going to say, obviously, publicly, but I think something was fixed that we might have not been noticed for a while. It, it definitely sent a chill up my spine, I will say that. And you know what? I think more than anything that people don't realize is that his slider was dead on these past couple of games, especially when he gets righty swinging at it when it goes like under their legs and ends up like to the left of them or whatever, it's amazing how much more effective he is when that slider is on. And it's disgusting when it's on, it's arguably the best slider in the MLB. There's like almost no question about it, but when he was missing with it and he was missing middle in, you're going to get hit. doesn't matter if you throw 95 as a lefty, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit kid. Chris sale. Christopher Allen. Is he back? We'll refrain. We'll refrain to next week because he's going to pitch again between now and next week against the old uh, Bronxy Bombers. So he's done like baseball, correct? He's got the spotlight game. Um, So he does. I I believe he's got the spotlight game. So we'll see if Chris Allen, Sale, can beat Chris Allen, Sale um, on Sunday Night Baseball with A Rod watching. Suck it, A Rod. then I'm in. If he can do it three games in a row, pitch really well, Sunday night baseball, watch the world watching, or maybe one-eighth of the world because baseball is not popular anymore, um, then you know what? Chris Allen Chris Allen sells back. That's it. Let's see Sunday night. That's my – because it's before the deadline, and there has to be some sort of deadline on Chris, Chris Sale because they need to trade for somebody at the deadline. So Sunday night, Al, you're going to be watching. I know you will. You can't get enough baseball. If he pitches well – on Sunday, they don't need to win the game. It'd be a plus. They should win. But if they don't win the game, but he still looks like Chris Dale, it's just another bullpen fiasco, I'm in. Your binky's back. Put him on the pedestal. Number one in the rotation. Chris, Christopher Allen. I like it. I like it a lot. <sighs> Anything else? You want to get off your chest here, Al, before we wrap it up for the week? 
Nope. Just got to uh, get ready for tomorrow. Another big day for your boy down here in South Carolina. Whew. And he's not going to hang out with Liam. What a terrible host. Not even going to make the three-hour drive. Not even going to make the three-hour drive. Hey, I'll drive an hour and a half. I'll drive an hour and a half in that rental car if he's willing to meet halfway. That's all I got to say. Halfway in Clemson. Yeah, perfect. Oh, little Clemson meeting. I like it. There we go. One of the national champs. There we go. (laughs) Wish my team luck because we're going to need it tomorrow. We need a Cinderella run starting tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. So Liam planned for like 1231 after he loses, then he'll go shower and be able to go back and, and, and meet you. Damn. All right. So I know what I'm using in my pregame speech tomorrow. <laughs> Jared, you're going to record what you just said, and then you're going to send it to me, and I'm going to play it in front of my team. And I'm going to get them. It's, record, it's recorded. Now. It's already recorded. So you can use it. Use, use me as motivation. If I can help, if I can help motivate your 12 and you 12 U team to do something besides lose at 830 in the morning, I'm all, I'm all for it. No, I'm saying the game will be over by 8.30. Wow, that's, that, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a mercy I, I, rule? I Is there a mercy rule? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's 15 after 4 and 10 after 5. 15 after 4. Wow. Yeah, we, uh, we've, mer- we've, been on, we've been on the wrong end of a mercy in this tournament, and we've been on the right end. So we, we've done it both ways. <sighs> so God bless the 12U blue team, 12U Navy. Yep. God may bless. you pitch better than Chris Sale has in la- before the last two starts, and we'll may see. you may you not pitch like the Red Sox bullpen. Well, it's going to be Johnny Holstaff tomorrow, so <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. I'm saying this now in recording to the 12U Navy team. If you do win this game, just one game tomorrow at 8 a.m. And, and defy the odds, your coach Al, Big Al, is going to buy you all ice cream. I already bought them pizza earlier this year, so that's just not going to happen. Ice cream, burgers, whatever you want. You, <laughs> you get that if you win this game at 8 o'clock on the morning of July 25th. We are going uh, to come back around on this out next week. I won't forget. Okay. Whenever, I'm down. Whether you met up with Liam or not, Clemson meeting. I want to know how this team did. We want to recap the 12U. We want to give this 12U team the, the, the attention they deserve. <laughs> the 15 seconds or 12 seconds that it deserves. I want to give them their 15 seconds of fame. So if they win or lose, <laughs> I, w- I want to recap it this next week. <laughs> you got it. You got All it. Right, into the Triangle podcast. Definitely still a Red Sox podcast, I promise you're on Couch Guy Sports. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't forget CouchGuySports.com. All the merch store and good stuff going on there. All the written content. Of course, Coach Al himself. That's your new nickname, Coach Al. Coach Al talking <laughs> the Red Sox. He's a writer here, so of course, enjoy the content he puts out there as well. Uh, at Into the Triangle on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to follow Liam, Al, and myself on all the social networks. Uh, Liam does this partially for a living, so he's good at what he does. He's going to make us sound beautiful. We'll be back next week. Another episode. More. We might do more trade deadline stuff again because you know what? It's going to be the deadline show, so we're going to have to talk about it. Until then, Coach Al, producer Liam, Garrett Scally here. Talk to you next week. Go Red Sox. God, go Chris Sale. Go Red Sox.
Dressing.